0: Hi, everyone. This is Alicia Halliday, and this is the ASF Weekly Science Podcast. This week, as I promised, we'll dive into attention deficit hyperactivity disorder in people with ASD. I don't know how many of you know about attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, or ADHD, but we know through the genetics of HD that it's linked to autism spectrum disorder. Family studies, which will be discussed in this podcast, also link the two together. So what is ADHD? ADHD. The DSM-5 defines it in the same way they kind of defined autism, through the presence or absence of behaviors in two key domains. In ADHD, there are one, inattention, and two, impulsivity and hyperactivity. What is inattention? Well, these examples might apply to any child between the ages of three and nine, but ADHD is defined by the extent to which that they cause problems. One is often fails to give close attention to details or makes careless mistakes in schoolwork. Number two is often has trouble holding attention. Number three is often does not seem to listen when spoken to directly. Number four is often does not follow through on instruction and fails to finish schoolwork, chores, or duties. Number five is often has trouble organizing tasks and activities. Number six is often avoids, dislikes, or reluctant to do tasks that require mental that require mental effort. Number 7 is often loses things necessary for tasks and activities like your wallet, your keys, your books, your glasses, your telephone, your school materials. Also often easily distracted and is also forgetful in daily activities. Sound like anyone you know? Yep, that's why there might be so much overlap between ASD and ADHD. But it's not just the inattention. Just like ADHD, there can't just be social communication issues. There must be social communication issues and restrictive and repetitive behaviors. So in ADHD, there must be symptoms of inattention and impulsivity and hyperactivity. And these includes things like often fidgets with hands or taps feet or squirms in seat, often leaves seat in situations when remaining seated is expected, often runs about or climbs in situations where it's not appropriate, often unable to play or take part in leisure activities, often on the go or talks excessively, often blurts out an answer before a question has been completed, often has trouble waiting their turn, and often interrupts others or intrudes on others, Again, think of the word often, often, often. I think all of us may exhibit or know a child that exhibits these behaviors every once in a while, but when it starts to work into school and daily life, then maybe there needs to be a diagnosis. Again, not only are some of these symptoms present in ASD, they're present in many kids, which is why ADHD is probably so commonly diagnosed. Determining when the behavior becomes pathological or destructive is tricky, also, the diagnosis can be primarily inattentive, which means more symptoms of inattentiveness than hyperactivity, or more hyperactive compared to inattentive. This is a good example of trying to break apart the different nuances under one ADHD umbrella. Just like autism, there is no biomarker. It's mostly behavioral, and there are a number of tools used to make an ADHD diagnosis, but most of the time, the referrals come in from parents or teachers who see that these behaviors are often impacting their learning or learning of other kids in the class. Now, under the DSM, a diagnosis of autism and ADHD can occur together. That was not really allowed under the old DSM. This is opening the door to better diagnoses of the two conditions together. And so that's why my podcast guest, Megan Miller from UC Davis Mind Institute, is so important to contribute to this topic. She spent her graduate career studying ADHD and now has dedicated herself to ASD and to the crossover between ADHD and ASD. She's published extensively and now focus on the infant siblings design. Families with an older child with a diagnosis of ASD, how often do these younger siblings have an ADHD or ASD diagnosis separately or together? And even the vice versa of that, the siblings of kids with ADHD, what are their rates of ASD? I could talk about this overlap and why there's overlap and where, but who really cares what I think? Let's ask the expert, Dr. Megan Miller, who really knows more about this than anyone else I know. So, Dr. Miller, how do you study ADHD and autism or autism and ADHD? And what have these studies really found?
1: Anywhere from 30 to 70% of children with autism meet diagnostic criteria for ADHD, and approximately 10 to 15% of children with ADHD also have autism. A really important consideration in these studies is the role of intellectual functioning. Most of these studies have focused on children with average to above average IQs. And much of the research on the intersection between autism and ADHD has compared groups of children with autism, ADHD, and both to try to determine what features are unique to autism versus ADHD and to assess whether there is an additive effect of having both conditions on different domains. Studies taking this approach have found some overlaps between the two conditions in certain aspects of executive function and with respect to certain brain-based differences, but plenty of distinctions between the two disorders have also been found. There are pros and cons to this approach, which has almost exclusively focused on children and adolescents after their symptoms are already apparent and they meet full diagnostic criteria which has made it difficult to determine when and how autism and ADHD begin to overlap to distinguish themselves or to co-occur. Now we know from many years of research that younger siblings of children with autism are at higher risk for developing autism themselves and last year we published a study in JAMA Pediatrics that found that these younger siblings were also at elevated risk for ADHD. But in addition, we found that younger siblings of children with ADHD were at higher risk for ADHD, but also for autism. So first, this suggests the potential for shared underlying causes between autism and ADHD, which are likely largely genetic. But it also suggests that these younger sibling studies may be a useful way to investigate not only early markers of autism and ADHD, but also the ways in which co-occurring autism and ADHD might develop.
0: Is ADHD in people with autism different? And if so, how is it different?
1: This is a really good and really difficult question. Children with autism plus ADHD are more likely to display the inattentive presentation of ADHD than the hyperactive impulsive or combined presentations. And by definition, ADHD is the same in people with autism, meaning that the same diagnostic criteria from the DSM-5 are applied. But I think the jury is very much still out with respect to the question of whether elevated inattention or hyperactive impulsive behavior in the context of autism represents the same thing as it does outside that context. For example, high activity levels could reflect aimless wandering and difficulty sitting in a chair secondary to social or communication challenges in one child. For example, as a result of reduced interest in people and task materials, reduced responsiveness to social reinforcement, language delays, and so on versus frank motor activity in another child. Similarly, inattention in the context of autism symptoms may not index the same quality of inattentiveness and distractibility as would be expected in ADHD, but may instead reflect alternate interests, For example, in sensory stimuli or lack of cooperation with clinician requests like social inattention that's conceptually distinct. So this makes careful evaluation and conceptualization of symptoms extremely important and highlights the need for additional research in this area.
0: So along those lines also, are there symptoms that are similar in both or different in each? And does that differ by age?
1: There are some shared impairments between autism and ADHD, including social difficulties and some aspects of executive functioning. We commonly see a history of language delay in both autism and ADHD, and attentional deficits, though potentially qualitatively different, are core to both conditions. At this point, I think the pattern of findings with respect to symptom similarities are inconsistent across studies, probably largely due to the fact that different studies use different measures and have different ways of defining their participant groups, which can make it difficult to compare across investigations. We also don't yet have good data on whether these similarities and differences change with age. Amori Mikami, Matt Lerner, and I recently published a review on the topic of social functioning in autism and ADHD, which describes some of the challenges to this line of research and highlights a key distinction here, which is that ADHD is really a deficit in performance rather than knowledge, whereas we see knowledge gaps in children with autism. So children with ADHD generally know what the appropriate behavior is to do, but have difficulty implementing it due to impulsive tendencies or attention problems, whereas children with autism tend to experience more fundamental social knowledge deficits as well as deficits in performance or execution of skills. So this really implies that interventions targeting social skills development may need to be distinct for these two populations.
0: Dr. Miller, given these similarities and the difference, how does a good clinician make a differential diagnosis or a diagnosis of both?
1: When considering a comorbid diagnosis, it's critical not to quote unquote double dip. That is to not count the same behavior as satisfying symptoms of both diagnoses. With respect to differential diagnosis, children with autism are very often elevated on parent and teacher report symptom measures of ADHD, but it's not entirely clear what this means. Conversely, children with ADHD are somewhat less often elevated on autism symptom measures, but still, in one study, approximately 20% of children with ADHD who did not have autism were above the autism cutoff on the gold standard assessment for autism, the ADOS. Ultimately, this suggests that clinical judgment and good clinician training in differential diagnosis of autism and ADHD is critical. There's also research to show that rates of comorbid diagnoses are lower when reported by clinicians than when based on standardized parent interviews alone, which suggests that clinicians are determining that some of the apparent ADHD symptoms seen on parent report and other metrics are accounted for by the autism diagnosis. Of course, on the flip side, it's also important to be careful of diagnostic overshadowing and making the assumption that all ADHD symptoms are due to the autism diagnosis when in fact they might not be. Now, things get even more challenging when intellectual impairments are part of the clinical picture, and I don't think we have adequate best practice recommendations for this yet, but in general, the child's developmental level should be taken into consideration when considering a co-diagnosis of ADHD. And really important to remember that ADHD symptoms must be developmentally inappropriate based on the individual's developmental level, not just their chronological age.
0: So finally, the main difference that I think in treatment of ADHD is that ADHD really does respond to medication. And of course, there's no medication to treat the core symptoms of ASD. What is on the horizon for clinical trials to treat ADHD symptoms in people with ASD?
1: There are really only two evidence-based treatments for ADHD, medications, usually of the psychostimulant variety, and behavioral intervention, usually in the form of behavioral parent training, but it depends on the child's age. There have been very few studies focused on the treatment of ADHD in children who have autism using medication, and almost none focused on ADHD-oriented behavioral interventions in children with autism. But a couple clinical trials have been done, and ultimately what they've told us is that children with autism do respond to medication in that, on average, ADHD symptoms improve, particularly within the hyperactive impulsive dimension. But the effect sizes are much, much smaller than what we see in ADHD, and fewer children with autism are classified as responders to ADHD medication than are children with ADHD alone. There's also some evidence that children with autism might experience more side effects from psychostimulant medication than children without autism for unknown reasons at this point. The main limitation of ADHD medication is, of course, that it only works as long as it's ingested. So skills development on a behavioral level is also critical, but we really just don't have good data yet on this in autism. So in ADHD alone, we know from decades of research through the MTA study that although medication is the most effective treatment for the core symptoms of ADHD, the addition of a high-quality behavioral intervention results in improvements in associated impairments, such as school functioning, parent-child relationship, anxiety and mood difficulties, and so on. One study... Published in 2015 did focus on the combination of medication and behavioral intervention for ADHD in autism, and it found that combining this parent training with ADHD medication was not significantly better than medication alone with respect to improving ADHD symptoms in children with autism. But the group that received parent training plus a placebo showed more improvements than the group that only received the placebo. So this suggests that there's some role for behavioral intervention for ADHD symptoms in children with autism, at least in combination with medication and maybe on its own as well. So this is really an area that deserves more study.
0: I know that there are a lot more questions in this area and questions that her research is going to answer in the future. So this is just a tidbit. If you are concerned about ADHD, talk to your pediatrician and your child's teacher, or even a preschool teacher. And of course, the same for ASD. That goes without saying. Even though these are two different diagnoses with the possibility of co occurring, what all this science points to is autism being part of a bigger spectrum or a continuum of a diverse set of psychiatric and mental health issues facing children into adulthood. By the way, one difference is that And again, one difference is that ADHD can resolve in adolescence, but by definition, ASD does not. Thank you for listening this week and talk to you next week.